0: friends. Welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I'm so glad that you've chosen to tune in today. This show is a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Today's show is about doing what matters most in a get things done world. Be sure to stick around till the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Now before I introduce you to today's guest, I wanna remind you to leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast. I have a ton of guest books to give away and I'm gonna choose some lucky listeners to bless with them. So after you leave your review, you can screenshot it and email it to rachel at rachelgilbert.com to be entered in the giveaway. All right, well, we have two guests on the show today, Michelle Myers and Summer Phoebus, founders of She Works His Way. Now, Summer is a brick and mortar business lover, productivity expert, and pastor's wife. She's part of the She Works His Way leadership team. In addition to an early career in fashion and retail, Summer started and sold two fitness studios. Michelle Myers is an author, entrepreneur, and motivator. Michelle launched She Works His Way to pour God's truth into the lives of women in ministry and business. She's also the author of Famous in Heaven and at Home. You guys, we had a ton of fun in this interview, so please help me welcome Michelle and Summer to the show now. Well, hello, Michelle and Summer. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, I'm excited to have you both here today. It's not very often I interview two guests at a time. I've done three before. That was a little crazy, but I'm excited to chat with you. So before we jump into the topic that we're talking about today, I would love to hear from each of you. What's a random fun fact about you I didn't read in your professional bio?
1: Oh my goodness. She's pointing at me (laughs) because she can't think of anything. (laughs) A random fun fact about me. Um, I grew up wanting to be a backup dancer. How about that? That's That's all I ever wanted to be a pastor's daughter and a pastor's wife, whose one dream in life was just to be a backup dancer. It hasn't happened, by the way. But it's not too late. It's never too late. Nice. So a
2: random fact about me is that I read the end of fiction books first. So that that way I can determine if I like the ending. And if I like the ending, then I will make the investment and I will read the whole book. If I don't like the ending, I don't read it.
0: Wow. Have you ever met anybody else who does that?
2: Not anyone that will admit it, but I'm convinced they're out there.
0: Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, I love those fun facts. Um, I just always love to do that because, you know, I read your professional fun bios in the beginning, which are great, but we're all real life humans. And I like my guests to know that we're real life humans and we have dreams of being backup dancers. And, you know,
2: (laughs) for the record, I feel like you could have done it
1: just so you can have that accomplishment. Like, thank you. I feel the same way. I don't know if that's arrogant to say, but I really do. I just, you could have done it. It's
2: fine. I'm glad God had other plans for you, but you could have done it. I agree.
0: So I feel like then maybe you need to do some reels for She Works His Way or something, you know, and and you could totally redeem yourself, do some dancing and pointing and, you know.
2: Can we we just go ahead and throw up? We're just too old for it. I just, I don't think I, for those who have the energy and the capacity and can figure out the technology to do it, I am here for you. Yeah. Mm But
1: I... It, I'm like, I don't, I can't. Yeah. I think I just know where I just don't need to compete. yeah Like <laughs> if I'm not going to be top five, what's the point? yeah and I'm just <laughs> definitely not going to be top five.
0: Yeah. No, I've literally sometimes when those come through my feed, I'm thinking that would take me all day to figure out (laughs) when to do, when to move, when to dance, and all this. And I'm thinking that doesn't seem like a good use of my day to spend all day (laughs) to try to be on on beat to something. So, yeah. So,
1: (laughs) that's awesome. Okay.
0: Let's get to the me. We're having too much fun already. But all right. You two are the founders of she works his way and you've recently written a book it's a practical guide to do what matters most in a get things done world so can you please before we even dive into the book tell us a little about uh she works his way how it began how you two met all the things Mm -hmm. Hmm.
2: so she works his way started as four friends on google hangout at 5 a.m um once a week not every day but We just were all working women, and we felt like, hang on, there is a lot of information that's being thrown at us, and not all of it, so I mean, a lot of it sounds good, but not all of it is being filtered through the priorities of our faith and our family, and how do we keep the most important things first, but also do our jobs with excellence and you know, we were basically having all of those real conversations of what it was looking like in real time of what is God teaching you? What are you struggling with? And what does living our priorities end up looking like practically? And so we did that somewhere, was it like 18 months? Yeah. And after about 18 months, they encouraged me to start an Instagram account. And So it really just started out as sharing the conversations that we had been having for the last year and a half. And I was blown away by how hungry women were for the, this conversation. And that was like 2012 Mm -hmm. and they kept asking for more and they wanted to go deeper and recognize that not every conversation that we wanted to have needed to happen in public forum. And so I feel like she works his way. has just continued to be, an evolution of going deeper and listening to the women that God has, has gathered here saying, what do you need? And basically it was also what we needed and just providing it for the, for the women who came into the conversation. So how did you two
1: meet? (laughs) Uh, Well, (laughs) it was in my husband was in seminary. Michelle was in seminary and we were in Fort worth, Texas. And so My dad was actually, he worked at the seminary. Her dad was my boss. Yeah. Yeah. He had a big music group that traveled around through the seminary. Michelle was in that group. Kent was in that group. And that's how we met. So Mm -hmm. that's, I would say we met there. I wouldn't say that's where we became close. We didn't necessarily hit it off majorly two different life stages there. I was working full-time with two little girls and Michelle was in seminary falling in love. So like it was a little bit different, but then later on we came back together through work and we hit it off quickly. Mm
0: -hmm. I love those God connections. You know, it's kind of cool. I'm actually, (laughs) I live in the DFW area and um, a lady that I've been friends with in ministry for a while, just we'd known each other via Instagram. She sent me an Instagram message yesterday and she said, where do you live? And we realized she just moved to 10 minutes from my house. Like oh, just awesome. and and we're like planning to get together and go go for walks, but I'm like, thank you, God, that I don't know. It's just so cool when He does those connections, like especially when we really need that community. Um, somebody who gets what you do, they speak your language, they can be your cheerleader, they can be in your quarter. So I love I just, I just love hearing how God just you know orchestrates our steps. So um, let's talk a little bit then about in the book you two talk about the she works his way filter. Can you share that with us, what that that is and what that looks like?
1: We talk about the She Works His Way filter and being everything filtered through the gospel first. And so it's really important to us. That we show up and we give resources and practical help and we talk about women's lives, where they are, we meet them where they are and all of that, but it all comes back to the foundation of God's truth and it all comes back to what he taught us and we say it all the time that everything we need to know pretty much is in scripture. Jesus Mm -hmm. already told us. And so the things that we have to talk about, the way we work, the way we love our families, the way we prioritize, what makes it to the calendar, what doesn't make it to the calendar, all goes through the She Works His Way filter, which just basically means, how does this impact the kingdom? Mm -hmm. Is this something that matters forever, for eternity? And so we look through the lens of eternity more than we look through the worldview lens. But As you know, we're surrounded all day, every day by what the world shows us and information from the world. So it takes each other, like taking each other's shoulders and literally pointing each other back to Jesus. And that's what this community does. We just grab each other by the shoulders and point each other back at Jesus over and over and over and over. Michelle and I have often said do you think they're getting sick of hearing this? And we're like, well, we're not. So maybe they won't be. And it's truly just the constant reminder of what matters most and who we're here for and the audience of one and all of those things, they I think the message is so valuable. The She Works His Way filter is so valuable because it relieves pressure instead of adds pressure, which mm-hmm the rest of the world they ju- it just puts pressure on our shoulders it just expects more wants more asks more but if she works his way we want you to give away more we want you to surrender more and that brings us to a place of freedom that just creates a unity and an excitement and an energy and so the filter is the foundation for all of that
0: yeah i love that and as you know as a business owner i can appreciate this so much cuz my husband and i bought a practice it's been over 10 years ago now And time flies when you're having fun. I'm like, I had to think (laughs) about that. I'm like, yeah, it's been actually (laughs) 10 years. And um, I remember when we bought the practice, the owners that we bought it from, they were believers. And before we went into business, we actually thought we were going to be in ministry and that we actually felt called like, oh, we're going to be pastors. We're doing this whole ministry thing. And then God pivoted. And we became business owners. And I remember telling the the previous owner's wife, I said, Yeah, we always thought we were gonna go into ministry. And you know, now here we are going into business. She said, Oh honey, you're still going into ministry. (laughs) She's like, You're just in a different it just it's still ministry. You're just in a different, you know, you're just in a different field. So let's talk about that for a second, how we can view our workplace as a mission field.
2: You know, it's honestly, I think this links back to everything that Summer just said, because it's easy to go to a job and believe my primary existence here is to perform a task or to have a title or any of those things. And we're not anti doing your job, even if it's a a secular workplace. But it's recognizing that's not the main reason why I'm here. The main reason why I'm here is to be a light where there is darkness to bring his presence, to understand like God is at work here and I get to join him. And so then it takes the pressure off of I need to climb the ladder. I need to get the promotion. I need to perform the best. It takes all of those things out of the equation when you recognize the reason why God put me here is because I get to be his representative to these people. So I'm here for relationships. I'm here to make disciples. I'm here to bring hope. I'm here to love God and love others. Like, and not in a sense of, I'm going to preach a sermon in the break room, but literally understanding that if I invest in people here and if I, Behave in the way that the gospel compels me to do. It creates curiosity in the hearts of the people that are around me to where if someone is treating me badly and I continue to respect, or if I'm not trying to go after every opportunity that there is to climb up, but there's contentment in my life. Like these are the things that make people question and wonder what is it that's different. And then it opens doors for you to be able to speak truth into someone's life. You know, summer uses the phrase all the time of earning the right of earning the right to speak truth into someone's life. And you do that by being there and loving them. Well, even if the love or the respect is not returned over time, but it just kind of takes all of the secondary reasons it's not necessary. we say all the time, we don't success shame. And so if you get the promotion, that doesn't mean that you're bad. It's just not the primary reason why I'm there. It's not the primary goal that I have. My goal is to walk into every day saying, how can I make the most for the gospel in what God has given me to do
1: today? We are overwhelmingly passionate about workplace discipleship. That is, it is a deep, heavy amazing calling on both of our lives. And I would say on a lot of She Works His Way, the women that have come into this community, that's why they're there. We, for a long time, often believed that our job was this thing that we went and did so that we could go and do ministry elsewhere, or that Sundays was for ministering and Monday through Friday was for, you know, buying food and paying your rent and your mortgage, you know? And it's just not the way it is. There are so many women who are called to the workplace. Mm -hmm. And we say all the time, where you're called, that's where you are. We Mm -hmm. overcomplicate calling all the time. If you're walking with Jesus, where you are right now is where you're called. So every single day, eight to five, whether you love your job, you hate your job, work from home, work in an office, whatever you do, you're called to be right there. And if you're a believer, you're called to make disciples. So it will look a little bit different in the workplace, which is why She Works His Way exists to help you and come alongside you because it does look a little bit different. So mm-hmm. the way that we help each other, the way that we encourage each other and spur each other on is everything that Michelle said. It helps you take the secondary things, which are wonderful and great. And I am like, I'm a go-getter. I loved, I, I'm I here. I'm happy for the promotion. I'm here to run the race, but it doesn't burst my bubble if I don't get it. Because ultimately I know why I'm there. I know my purpose. And walking in that is joyful and hard, but amazing as well. Mm
0: -hmm. And that just takes such the pressure off on both directions. Like you said that my bubble doesn't get burst if I don't get it. But then also when I do get promoted, or I do get into a position of influence that I don't feel the pressure to perform because I know (laughs) the Lord's the one who put me there. And if he put me there, he's going to give me everything I need to actually do the work that's in front of me. So that's such a pressure off approach. I love that. Today's episode is brought to you by JoyMail. The monthly newsletter I release that's full of resources that deliver a little joy and practical action steps into your inbox and in life. To sign up, simply head to rachelgilbert.com, click the start here tab and sign up for the newsletter right there. Summer, you also said a statement that I feel like I have to repeat and I probably will not say it as eloquently as you did, but I just, I was writing frantically. You said, if we're walking with Jesus, then right where you are is where you are called. I just right. felt like somebody need to really rehear that a second time because that is so powerful. So I want to get into a few questions that are specific to things that women might wrestle with. But before we do, I would love it if you two could define um, what working women like. I want all women, no matter where they're planted, to be able to relate to what we're talking about here. <laughs>
2: All women work. Can we just throw that out there? Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is work that you get paid for. There is work that you don't get paid for. There are volunteer positions. There's part-time work. Like this is not a, I show up at a workplace from nine to five. I get earned this paycheck. That is not the only definition of work. So work is intentional everywhere. I am with a purpose. It's not necessarily just defined to a list of tasks because I mean, you go to work and then you come home and there's still work to be done. There's, there's dishes, there's laundry, there's parenting, there's their homework, there's their, all of the things that still aren't relaxing that (laughs) require the same amount of gospel intentionality. That's something that we probably, we think like, okay, well, I'm going to, my career, that's the work that I give gospel intentionality to. You got to give the same intentionality when you come home to do that work as well. And so work is definitely not defined by compensation. It's just intentional effort that you do for the purpose of the glory of God.
0: Yes. Thank you. And I, yes, and amen to that. So then with that said, let's take a look at some of the things that women might wrestle with. One is the good old word that we hear thrown around a lot and it's balance. let's 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 go there what do you what are your thoughts on balance <laughs> I, I have so many thoughts
1: you can see my physical you can see my physical reaction they
0: probably I know, you know both of your faces scrunched up like you just ate something sour <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what's funny is we both had a a distaste that's the nice way to say it for this word but for different reasons but I guess the root issue was pretty much the same so my original reason for very much disliking the word balance is because if you close your eyes and you picture balance, you're going to see some visual of perfection. Balance equals perfection in terms of the way if we had to draw a picture of balance, that's how it would look. So for those of us pursuing balance, we need to understand we're also trying in some weird, strange way to pursue perfection. And that's just never going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So instead of balance, Michelle said it once instead of balance, surrender. And that's what we say all the time, give up chasing balance and just surrender it all at the feet of Jesus. And in that you'll move through things the way you need to move through things. What needs your time will get your time. What's most important will have the most largest space on your calendar and your schedule. It doesn't have to be us sitting back with like our planner and our pen going through that fits, that doesn't, that fits, that doesn't. God, when we love him first, he shapes our desires. And so our desires then become his desires. And then what we do and what we chase and what we love all are surrendered to him. They're all the things that he wants for us. So that's why I very much dislike balance. Michelle, you now you get to go off on the word. I mean, it's essentially the same thing, but I think
2: for me, what, when I was trying to pursue balance, that just meant like, okay, everything needs to have like equal attention. Cause if you picture the balance, like if you picture a scale in order to achieve balance, everything in your life has equal weight and attempting to make God equal with the rest of your life is going to equal chaos every single time. And even, you know, I am a chronic overcomplicator. It's why I'm one of the reasons why I'm so grateful that Summer is my best friend, because she is a simplifier to a T to where I'd be like, okay, God first family, second work, third. Like I make my list and Summer's like, Michelle, just God first game over. Hmm. If God is first, he orders everything else. There's no need for you to place second, third, fourth, fifth attention. He is first. So the verse that we come back to so often over and over again is Matthew 6:33 of seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And then he will add everything else to you. It's the idea of you seek him and his kingdom, and then he orders and he takes care of everything else. And so it is very simple to say. It is much harder to do much harder to put into practice because we want it to be a once and done decision, Mm -hmm. but it is a daily, some (laughs) hourly (laughs) (laughs) by minute decision to put and keep him first.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I almost wonder if this pursuit of balance isn't really a pursuit of peace. You know, like my husband and I say all all the time, our family motto is follow the peace, not the pressure, you know, because if I'm following the peace, I'm following Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we've kind of just we we've believed this lie that if I could get balance, you know, if you could see my fingers, I did quotes on balance, then I'd have peace. But really, that's not true, because then you're like you said, the perfection piece is in there, too. Oh, that's so good. Okay. um. I love that um, you guys talk about how this book is a practical guide. At the end of my show, I had this, uh, we have a segment that it's called Let's Get Real Practical. And I give my listeners practical tips that they can take away because I'm all about encouragement and inspiring. But then I'm also like, okay, let's get some real, what, what are some practical things? So could you share with us any of your current favorite practical tips um, that you love, you know, to implement into your life and in, in any area? I don't even care what area you choose. <laughs>
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a couple, first of all, practically never be afraid to get help. Never be afraid to ask for help. Never be afraid. If you're an entrepreneur, get yourself a virtual assistant. If you're a mom who's involved in a million different things, and it would help to have another woman who loves to fold laundry, come in and fold laundry, like pay her, bless her. Um, I think that we often, we mess ourselves up by not getting practical help by not allowing someone else gifts to come in and help us and then us to be able to help them. So that's, that's just one little side note. I feel like every woman needs permission on, especially if you're a working woman, which as we established earlier in the show, you're all working women. So that's for sure. Um, I would say other than that, leave margin for people Mm. leave margin for people Having open space in your schedule is something that for a lot of us can be very anxiety-inducing. Knowing that we have things to do and intentionally leaving a blank open spot is it's not something the world will tell you is wise. But scripture shows us that people are the point. Love God, love others, go and make disciples. All of that involves people. And if we don't make sure that we're leaving space and we're leaving margin, we could be really robbing ourselves of being used in a really incredible way for the kingdom. So practically speaking, when you sit down and create your calendar, don't fill in every single second leave margin. So good. I think for me, I was, uh,
2: yesterday I read Jesus and his interaction with the woman at the well in John four. And just seeing how Jesus just loved and went out of his way and broke norms to love her. It was such a beautiful picture and a reminder of what we're supposed to do. But there was something about her reaction and the desperation that I think so often, if we'd slow down, we'd probably be humble enough to admit that we all have at times because she had to go to the well and she went at the hottest part of the day because that was when the least amount of people would be there. Cause she was trying to avoid being seen, but she needed water. She had to have water. So she had to go to the well to get it. Um, but she was living in the shame of her past instead of the freedom that jesus brings when you can come in and so it just got me thinking about so often we we come to wells that leave us dry and so just practically thinking through what are the things that you keep coming back to that leave you dry even even if you think you have to have them like if you think I have to be on social media every single second for my job. No, you don't. No, you don't. Especially not if it is leaving you dry to the point to where you can't have energy for things that matter much more. And so really paying attention to the things in your life that you are allowing to leave you dry. And then understanding that really, truly the only thing that can fill us is Jesus. And so if we allow ourselves to go long periods without drinking from the only well that won't leave us dry, like we have to understand the effect that that has. And so stop drinking, stop going to wells that leave you dry and know what those are, but then also expect to be dry. If Jesus is not the primary thing that you're going back to over and over and over again.
0: I love how practical those tips were. The, the summary, and for me, and I'm sure my listeners will take away their own too, but first of all, what leaves me dry? Like really looking at my life, like which things are just sucking the life right out of me and I need to stop going to those things and go to Jesus instead? Mm-hmm. And then summer, um, am I leaving margin in my life? That, that one really, for relationships especially, that one really convicts me as well. So thank you for those. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay, so before we hop off here, one thing I would love for us to chat just for a moment about is marriage and all this. My husband and I are very passionate about marriage and uh, especially being business owners. I think that being uh, in business together can do lots for your marriage it can either bring you closer together kind of pull you (laughs) apart you kind of have to make an intentional choice there and we've learned a lot along the way so i'd love to hear from both of you since you are both married what are some things that we can do in our home that can actually help you know us turn towards each other rather than away from each other in marriage and as we're working
2: (laughs) so i think the first thing is recognizing that you probably did not marry someone who's exactly like you. So there's a really good chance that there's going to be some conflict because they're going to see things differently. But instead of taking it personally, you have to understand that they just love you first and they see things differently. And rather than initially feeling like I have to defend myself and I have to come back with an argument, choose to see that as God's gift to you as someone who see th- sees things differently. And so I, I oh this has been something that I've had to learn because my husband and I see things. I don't know that it's possible for two people to see things more differently than we do. And I used to get really upset about it because I would want to defend what I also saw very clearly. But over time, I learned that it was really a gift because he did see things that I didn't see that forced me to slow down because I'm like a see it and let's go. And James is a see it, think about it, talk about it, figure out how to do it best, ask a million questions. And so he ended up, it protected so many things. The The speed at which I would have gone I would have made a lot more mistakes and there probably would have been a lot more collateral damage along the way. And so rather than seeing a different perspective, as an argument see it as we're on the same team they just have a different perspective we want the same thing it's just going to allow us to get there in a better place because god has given me this person as a as a protection of with a different
1: perspective Mm, yeah lower your expectations (laughs) every day every single day and that's not to say that someone is allowed to not give their best in the partnership and in the marriage it just means for the most part as human beings we always expect more than we should and it's why our feelings always get hurt plus we've got one bazillion books and counselors and websites and blogs all telling us how to do marriage right with five steps and 10 steps and four plans and a healthy marriage calendar and I honestly think when you take your marriage and you turn it into a five-step program of any kind, you are going to be left with even greater disappointment because marriage has to be in some way organic and natural. It cannot be forced. You got married. Now you have to love each other. So I think practically speaking, one of the greatest ways to do that is to have fun with each other. It is, you have to pursue and be intentional about having fun. And if you make that general decision, then it doesn't matter if you have a date night every single week, or if the rule is you both go to bed on the same time. If you have a TV in the bedroom, if you don't have a TV in the bedroom, You can't, every marriage is different. We don't all parent our kids the same way. We can't all treat our husbands the same way. So understanding that all the rules usually coming for the most part from the wife who is with good intentions, read all the blogs and then comes to her husband and says, Hey, I know how you can be better. Hey, let me help you be better so we can be better. It's not always the welcome way to go. If you just back it up and like every day you remember the reason, like when you were walking down the aisle to get married, what were the things that were going through your head? When you said yes at the engagement and you went home and got in bed that night, what are all the things that were going through your head that night that you were like, I can't believe I get to marry this guy. Those things don't change. You've got to intentionally focus on those things, intentionally pursue having fun. And leave all the rules and the rule books and everything else behind. If you get advice, get it from another couple who's been married for years. They've been through it. They know. And maybe you see them and they look happy and they look loving. Those are people to talk to. I'm not anti-books. We're here to talk about a book. I'm not anti-books. I'm just saying it's got to be a mutual, natural thing. Too much pressure on a marriage is what usually breaks it not the people inside the marriage.
0: Michelle, I see what you meant about how summer has a way of just making things so simple. I love that because in your answers, you just keep bringing us back to solid foundations, you know, Uh, God first, done, you know, and then marriage, like just come back to the beginning. Why did you even get together? And what's your commitment to each other? And then everything else really does fall into place. That is so true. We've been married 16 years and I can absolutely attest to that. And I just, I love that. So thank you. I love ending on that. Um, I feel like we could have done a whole episode just on marriage. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So before we go, first of all, where can listeners connect with you two and get copies of books and sign up for all your things?
2: So com is... The hub. So you can learn more about everything that we have to offer there. There's easy links to be able to follow us on social media. Um, she works his way on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I feel like those are the three main places that we exist. Um, but the book specifically, if you go to sheworkshisway.com slash book. That has pre-order bonuses, all of the places where you can get it retail, and it releases October the 12th. And so if you pre-order it, then um, I think it will arrive on October 12th, so you can have it on the release
0: day. Nice. And then do either of you have just a final word of encouragement for any ladies listening today before we go? Mm -hmm
1: a final word. I feel like I have a few paragraphs. I just, I want to hug women. I think that it's been so crazy the last, I mean, it's, it's been heavy for a while now. Mm-hmm. So I, I just feel for you, if you are juggling all of the things, mm-hmm. just the reminder, Michelle says it, Matthew six thirty three. just mm-hmm. go back there over and over and over and let that truth just take root inside of your soul so that you can let go of all the pressure and also if you need a getaway we have a conference annually and i am telling you this year i feel like we are all so excited about this mm-hmm. november 4th or november 5th and 6th in ashville north carolina we get together once a year because we need refilled excited it's workshop style it's for working women it's for all women we worship and we workshop. It's mm-hmm. the coolest mix of things ever. I remember never really finding my place in women's conferences. And then I was like, narrow, this is what it's about right here. Mm-hmm. So the narrow conference. You guys are all invited. I would encourage you highly to come and see us.
2: Mm-hmm. And then I think the I would just summarize it with Titus two is a passage where it speaks to the older women encouraging the younger women. And, It doesn't really have anything to do with age. Just basically saying those of you who have been walking with Christ longer, find someone that hasn't been walking with Christ as long and bring them alongside of you. And because it has been so heavy, I feel like there's a lot of women right now that are being really hard on themselves and they are even like what some are talking you're expecting maybe not even too much out of someone else, but you're just expecting a lot out of yourself right now. So I just want to remind you that a part of that passage, it actually starts with saying, teaching them to love their husbands and to love their children. And so I think a lot of times we expect those things to like come naturally. And when they don't, and when it's harder than it should be in some seasons, we tend to get really, really hard on ourselves. And so it is going to take some effort, but please don't beat yourself up. Just recognize, I I need somebody to pour into me. (laughs) I need to pour into somebody else. And we all need to, again, coming back to it, straighten each other's shoulders and look toward Jesus.
0: Ooh, What a good way to end. Well, thank you again to both of you for taking the time to come on the show. I cannot wait to introduce the listeners to you and I highly encourage everyone of you listening, go check out all their resources, their membership, the book, all the things, and just follow both of them online. Cause they, as you can tell from this conversation, uh, the truth of God's word, you can tell you, you saturate yourself in it, you know, cause it's what comes out whenever you talk. And so I really appreciated hearing that. And, um, just appreciate both of you. We appreciate you. you too. Thanks for what you do. Well, it is time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show that we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps that you can implement into your life right now. Now you might remember that last week we discussed time management. So this week I wanted to discuss energy management. Have you ever said or maybe heard someone say that someone or something sucked the life right out of them? Now, here's the truth. We get to decide who or what gets our energy, yet you don't really see many resources that teach us energy management. So I want to give you a visual about this. I want you to imagine a piggy bank. Uh, I actually had years ago, my own counselor walked me through this, and it was so powerful that I want to share it and pass it along to you all. Now, imagine you have a piggy bank sitting on your desk, and imagine that that piggy bank is filled with your kids, if you have kids, or maybe if you don't have kids, maybe a niece or nephew or something, but a child in your life, it has filled their precious earned money that they've earned in there. You know, so there's lots of pennies and quarters and nickels and dimes, things they've saved, right? And imagine that somebody came to you and said, "Hey, can I borrow some money?" And you said, "Sure," and you went to that piggy bank and you pulled some quarters and nickels and dimes out of your kids or, you know, a child in your life's piggy bank and you gave it to that person. I don't think many of us would do that, right? I mean, I don't think that I've ever robbed my child's piggy bank of stuff. And that is exactly what happens, though, when we say yes to someone or something else that God has not specifically assigned us to. I'm not talking about things outside the home that God has for sure called you to, whether it's your line of work or your ministry or whatever. But whenever we allow people or things to take our energy Whenever God never asked us to give our energy to those things or people, we are robbing not only ourselves, but the people in our lives that we're called to serve, that we're called to pour into. So I want to challenge you. First of all, consider getting a piggy bank. You can find cheap ones on Amazon. Like I've seen them on there as cheap as $8, okay? And write the word energy on it. And every time somebody invites you to participate in something or to volunteer for something or whatever, instead of just looking at it as a time thing, also look at it as energy. How much energy is that thing going to take? Not just time, right? Because something could maybe take an hour, but it might take an entire day's worth of energy out of you to do it. So think about that. Next time you're invited to take part of something, ask the question, am I going to have to pull energy From the piggy bank of energy that I dedicated to my family, to my self-care, to my time with God, to a work project or something else that you know God has called you to, well, I have to pull energy from that thing that I feel really called to in order to have enough energy for this other thing that's trying to beckon at me and wants to drain me of this energy. And then ask yourself, was it worth it? Was it really worth pulling energy out of that energy piggy bank to give it somewhere else? Or did it just drain you? Did you leave feeling drained? Those are great questions to reflect on, okay? Well, that concludes our Get Real Practical segment for today. I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.